Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. All right, we're back to Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. Outside the Box is brought to you by Hooper Law Office, providing a pathway to your legacy. I've been very excited about this segment coming up here for everybody. I've been trying to get in touch with this organization for a little bit here, but it's just been very hectic between election season and, you know, just getting acclimated with the area and all sorts of different things here, but we finally found time to get together. I am currently joined by Linda Biella, who is a co-president of the League of Women Voters for Appleton and, let me make sure I get this right here, uh, Linda, is it Appleton and Oshkosh area? No, we are Appleton and Fox Cities. Fox Cities, yes, there it is. Sorry, I have five different emails up here. And I am also joined by Sue Tonic, who's the secretary of the board out in Winnebago County. How are both of you doing today? Just fine, thank you. Awesome. Oh, great, thanks. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I, I made the joke before we got into this today. Election cycle is technically over, but in reality, life is just one big election cycle. As soon as one ends, we're halfway to another one, right? So, And this one really isn't as popular as a lot of, uh, of the uh, typical November elections are. So it's really good that you, your organization is trying to highlight the information here and um, get this information out to the listeners. So... Uh, Linda, I'll, I'll have you start answering this question, and then, Sue, you can just chime in whenever Linda wraps up here. Um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the League of Women Voters here? I mean, the reason I I love what your organization does, because it's very in line with how this show is, there's really no partisanship with what you do. You're interested in getting the information out there so that people can make educated decisions. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the organization and things like that? Well, the League of Women Voters was founded in 1920 um, by the, the women who worked to get the 19th Amendment passed. And the, uh, the idea behind the League was to educate the newly enfranchised female voters. But and beyond that, you know, we have become a trusted source of, as you say, nonpartisan information um, and providing help to voters um, all over the country for now 102 years. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's just quite the history you have there. Uh, Sue, did you have anything to add to that? Sorry, I'm just going to do like a back and forth thing here. <laughs> did, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, just that. I think um, the importance here is that um, we really do believe that an informed electorate can make great decisions and that we can move our country forward. Yeah, I, uh, I can't agree with you more, especially in this era where it seems like you can say any, any, in, any specific example of anything you can think of somehow will be drawn right down partisan lines. And it's unbelievable 
how we've even gotten to this situation, but it's organizations like this that I think really try and help bring the people back together. So let's get into the main topic of why we have you here today. Um, the League of Women Voters is putting together a, uh, a two-night, um, I don't know if you want to call it event or if it's um, a, a speaking event of some kind. I don't know what you're referring to it as, but you're essentially having people come in to educate anyone who attends these two meetings about what we can expect come April. We have a lot of judges that we can be voting for, whether it be Supreme Court justices, local appellate, or appellate court, or local judges, all of which impact our day-to-day lives. Um, where do we see ourselves right now? Is Wisconsin, as far as uh, the, the, Supreme, the state Supreme Court, is there a partisan leaning with the Supreme Court, and what are we expecting to change come April? Um, uh, Linda, we'll start with you. Well, the, uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court consists of seven justices, and um, in the recent years, the court has had a more conservative 4-3 leaning. Um, the, the election in April will be for the seat now occupied by Justice Pat Rogensack, who is retiring, so it will be an open seat. And um, this may be an opportunity for a more liberal justice to be elected, or it may be um, continue with the status quo. But typically, uh, judicial races in April have a historically low turnout. Um, and it is important, I think, for voters to understand the stakes of this election, because with um, now again, a situation where our government in Madison is divided with a Democratic governor and a Republican legislature, um, many, many cases will probably come through the courts as an arbiter for that, the different leanings of the two branches of our government. Sue, do you have anything to add on to that? No, I think Linda said that very well. Um, I think the only thing I would add to that is that the importance of, of people turning out in April is that, well, first of all, people don't understand the court system. They don't understand sometimes what they're voting for. At least that's I'm speaking from my personal opinion. Until I got involved, I had no idea how important it was for us to be voting for judges and even anybody down the ticket, like our clerk of courts or any of those people. But if we don't know what they stand for and if we don't know the positions, how do we uh, make sound decisions? So it's really important that people, number first of all, understand the court system, understand the implications of what your vote means, because every vote counts. Um, we want to make sure that people have that understanding and, and see the significance and the importance of every election, and not just the big ones. I think that you did a, a great job of summing that up. I was going to say, it seems like uh, starting in, in 2016, people started to become aware of how important it was to have judges be placed in the different courts. And then obviously, uh, this past summer with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, it really ended up on the front of a lot of people's minds. But that's the, the national Supreme Court. A lot of people really don't think about what's going on on a state-by-state -state basis. I was... Uh, going through your website here, I was sent a little bit of information. State courts make 95% of the rulings that are going to impact um, our citizens on a day-to-day -day basis in Wisconsin, as opposed to just 5% from federal courts. So this really can go a long way toward impacting uh, 
your day-to-day life, whether it be um, culture issues or economic issues. So very important stuff there. I think I think that's really good stuff to get out there. So, um, well, Ben, can I just say of one course, more thing? Yeah, I mean, go for it. In, in, in Wisconsin, our <clears throat> Supreme Court can can actually um, make decisions on how we as voters get to vote. Uh, now, you see, that's interesting. So out of curiosity, because, again, I was talking with Sue. I've only lived here for about uh, less than three months, so I'm still very much getting acclimated to the area. Um, had any rulings been passed down? Because all I have ever heard is that the uh, Republican-leaning legislature tried to pass a ton of different voting-related bills. Governor Evers vetoed all of them, and I really haven't heard anything about the court's um, role in in those decisions have they played any part in that up until now or have they uh typically just gone with whatever the governor said or how has that been panning out from what i understand well, if if the uh, go ahead linda yep yeah, go ahead <laughs> well there's a couple of very significant decisions that were handed down um prior to the fall election uh one was to rule that um, voted, that ballot drop boxes could no longer be used, um, and another was to was ruling a ruling that concerned absentee ballot envelopes, which must be signed by a witness, and the witness must provide their complete address. Um, previously, the direction from the Wisconsin Elections Commission to local clerks was that they could make slight changes, for instance, if there was a digit left out of the zip code or something like that. Um, And the ruling from the court was that, no, that the clerks are not allowed to make any changes to those um, absentee ballot envelopes. Interesting, interesting. Sue, what were you going to say? Basically those same two (laughs) points, because... um, (laughs) As also as an election official, um, that's the instructions we were to have that if an, if an absentee ballot came in with an incomplete address, we could not use it. Uh, yeah, I actually I was doing a segment on that a couple of weeks ago. There's there a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about that ruling. It was very interesting to hear about. Um, and it's honestly, it's not just voting rights. I mean, without the courts, uh, courts are responsible for racial desegregation, um, interracial and same-sex marriage, which obviously had its day in the Senate yesterday. Um, LGBTQ rights. There have been a ton of a ton of progress just through the courts without necessarily having government get involved. So these are major elections. And uh, most importantly, I've been reading a lot of stats here, and some of them have been blowing my mind. It's the first time I'm hearing some of this. Um, Wisconsin has the highest percentage of black incarcerated citizens with one in every 36 African-American people being in jail right now. Uh, we have one of the worst, the least diverse, um, judiciaries. And this really seems like an opportunity to kind of adjust those type of statistics that are clearly skewed in the wrong direction. Sue, I'll get your comments there first. Well, and not only that, but I also heard a statistic, um, besides the, the judiciary, um, is that there we have some of the smallest um, populations of African Americans and minorities going into the law, the law practices in law schools here? Oh wow! So if, if we're not creating good leaders, then how could we have um, a diverse justice system? I, I think right? yeah, that's exa- that's exactly right, Linda. What what were you going to say? Well, it. it 
it it's a systemic problem when you have a judiciary, which in Wisconsin we rank 44th in the United States in terms of diversity in our judicial in judiciary. Um, so people of color in our courts, they almost never see someone who looks like them on the bench. Mm-hmm. And if if that's the case, um, how empathetic can a judge be if they haven't had that same lived experience of the person in front of them? So it just perpetuates the system of um, black incarceration. And it isn't just Wisconsin, but Wisconsin does have the worst rate of black incarceration in the United States, which is a very poor uh, statistic um, about our state. Yeah, uh, that shared experience that I don't think that you can give another more influential factor that would contribute to what we're talking about right now, other than being able to empathize and relate to what people are going through here. Uh, One more stat I want to get into here before we talk about what's going to actually be taking place on Monday here. Uh, 50% of people in Wisconsin's prisons are from Milwaukee. Um, And then um, 75% of... um, is this Wappen's population in prison, which um, is known as prison gerrymandering. Can you give the listeners a little bit of an insight as to what prison gerrymandering actually is and and how it's impacting um, the, the clearly obvious skew of where the p- prison population is coming from? Uh, who did we start with last time? We'll go with Linda this time. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, as you said, there's the population, uh, the prison population is inordinately skewed uh, towards black people and black people from Milwaukee. Um, And they inhabit the prison in Waupun, the state prison in Waupun. So when the census is uh, taken every 10 years, the um, population of Waupun includes all of those people that are incarcerated within their town. And in terms of revenue sharing from the state, then the dollars that might have gone to Milwaukee area then instead go to a pond. So that's what we mean by racial gerrymandering. Got it. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> so what can anyone who was interested in attending on Monday, um, we'll start with what they can expect to learn while they go there, and then we can talk about how they actually find it. So, Sue, why don't you start out with... Uh, what what can we expect? And as I was talking to you off the air, uh, time willing, I'm hoping to be able to attend this event as well, because just based on what I was reading and talking with you ladies today, I think there's a lot of good information that could be gained from attending this event. So what what exactly are you going to be talking about on Monday or not necessarily you, but the, the speakers there? Right. But you know what, Ben, I'm going to turn that back over to Linda because Linda was involved in the Northern event while I was more involved in planning the Southern event. Sure thing. All right, Linda, go for it. Okay. Well, we have um, two judges that are going to be presenting for us, um, retired Judge Nancy Krieger from Outagamie County and former Judge um, Lakeisha Haas from Winnebago County. And they're going to be giving us an overview of the Wisconsin court system and talk about the historically low turnout in the spring elections um, and some of the issues facing the courts, such as access to justice for criminal defendants, public defender shortage, um, 
diversity in the judiciary, which we've talked about, um, incarceration rates, particularly in the black population, also the effects of the opioid epidemic and the fentanyl epidemic, um, increased in CHIPS cases, foster home places, placements, um, the need for treatment courts. Oftentimes courts end up being just um, a mental health um, non-solution rather than really treating the problem. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, a brief summary of recent cases before the Wisconsin Supreme Court, such as the, you know, with the Dropbox court that we, we cited earlier and the guidance on um, absentee ballots. Um, the, the courts were hugely important in the redistricting case um, last year. Um, also, views on different views on constitutional interpretation, and finally, what makes a good judge? What qualities should people look for in a judge when they cast their vote? Uh, that all sounds like good information. Out of curiosity, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this or not, but one thing you said there now piqued my interest very much. So, uh, we've done a lot of segments on this program about. Um, how all the districts are gerrymandered, I actually highlighted. I mean, it was even worse last election, but this election, I believe statewide, uh, Democrats received 53% of the votes while only winning 30% of the legislative seats. Um, if the, the, the Supreme Court here were to shift 4-3, or if there were just more left-leaning judges in general, would that be enough to kind of tilt the, the scales more towards fairness, or would that require... The, um, the legislative branch to get involved um, from a fairness perspective as well. Do you do you know the answer to that? Well, I, um, what, from my perspective, the uh, the court ruled on the gerrymandering case. Um, first of all, they they told both all the parties that they had to draw maps that had the least change from the existing maps that were created in 2011. So various people, various parties, including the legislature, including the governor, submitted maps that followed that least change guidance. Um, and initially, the Wisconsin Supreme Court chose the governor's map as being the most um, closely following that least change um, instruction. The court was, or the decision was immediately appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States. And the Supreme Court came back to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and basically said, okay, if this is the way you're ruling, then you need to show your work. Why did you rule that way? And then very suddenly, um, the court reversed itself and went with the legislators' uh, more um, extreme gerrymandered map. So that's, that's the map that was in place in this fall election. Now, if there is a shift in the ideological center of the court, and I think it must be said, too, that the court, the judicial elections are supposed to be nonpartisan, but they have become partisan because of the astronomical increase in in campaign finance spending on these court races. Oh, there's no we've way around from, that. That's exactly right. Yeah, we've gone from, you know, six hundred thousand dollars back in two thousand three to, you know, four point eight million dollars 
now that we're spending on judicial elections, and the and the court election next spring is going to far surpass that amount, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, so, especially based on what we saw in November there. I actually said on this show just a little bit ago, I have no legal or judicial training whatsoever, but if you gave me 10 cases and told me, what uh, which um, party nominated a judge, I would be able to tell you with a 70% accuracy rate how those um, results are going to be ruled on. So while we want to believe there's no partisanship in our judges, um, I, I think similar to what you said with the money involved there and just in the decisions we're seeing um, be made recently, it's kind of hard to ignore that factor. Um, so I also oh, think that in, if, if, the, um, if the ideological... Um, center of the court shift after the spring election, um, I think instantly you will see the redistricting case brought back to the court. That's interesting. But I always, I also do say you don't want to see it swing too far the other way. Just make it fair. Just get it to that fair spot is all we're looking for here. But uh, so where are, how can people find you? Is there, do they need to sign up or do they just show up or how do they attend this event event on Monday? Um, well, the event on Monday is going to be at um, University of Wisconsin Oshkosh Fox City's campus in Menasha. Um, and people who are attending should enter through the, the door closest to the Barlow Planetarium, and there will be signs directing you to the meeting room, which is room um, 1338. Uh, the event is from 6.30 to 8 p.m., we are also offering a hybrid option for this meeting. And if you wish to attend on Zoom, you can go to our website, lwvappletonfoxcities.org, and register there, and you'll be sent a Zoom link for the event. All right, great. So now I don't have an excuse to not show up, even if I am busy, because I can just do it from my house. So that's, that's, that's good right. there. <laughs> exactly. All right, awesome information there. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Sue, did you have anything else that you wanted to add to the conversation here? Um, I, I, I didn't Oh, want yes, to, because uh, there's the second part of this. Oh, right. Fantastic. Okay, so December yeah, 5th. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah this December is the important. 5th. Well, not that the Monday one isn't important, but I feel like this covers a lot of what Linda and I were just talking about with the uh, financing going into these type of campaigns. So why don't you tell us a little bit about December 5th here? That's right. What, what we tried to do with these two events was to complement the information from one to the next. So in our second event, which will be on December 5th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Coughlin Center, and that's located in Oshkosh, but it's an easy way to get to the Coughlin Center. You just go down 41, get off on Jackson, and come to County Road Y. And our presenter will be um, attorney and former Outagamie County Judge Joseph Troy. And he was the Wisconsin Circuit Court, a former Circuit Court judge for the state of Wisconsin. And he will be talking about um, basically a little bit more on the court structure in case people might have missed that from the first um, presentation or maybe if they didn't attend it. And then he's also going to be talking about outside influences affecting the judge and provide some insight as to campaign financing. Um, as Linda said, that um, last for the last election, $4.8 million was spent um, between uh, the two candidates, according to the Wisconsin Election Commission. And so um, we I can't imagine it will be less um, than that for the, the two candidates that will be vying for the for, um, Justice Rogan's um, seat. So we really need to understand 
um, how this all works and, and what those um, campaign dollars, <laughs> and, and, and it's not just even from Wisconsin, it's from outside influences. It's from, you know, uh, outside of Wisconsin, money keeps coming in. Well, I mean, after um, we, we saw do. what happened in November here with the $136 million or whatever it was, you'll never convince me that was all in Wisconsin here either. It was obscene what was getting spent in this state. So I can only imagine what we can expect here in April. Go on. I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt. And, and, and it's on. both parties. It's yes. both parties. Oh, so yes, no doubt. One or the other. It's, it's money's coming into both parties from outside sources. So, um, so if they can understand the importance of this, we really need to understand the importance of this as, as Wisconsin voters. Um, we cannot do the hybrid version, so you can't sit in your PJs and watch ours. Okay. You would have to attend. But if you don't make it, we will have a YouTube option, so we will be taping it and it will be available on our YouTube channel. And so that'll be in the same location then on December 5th, or is it a completely different location, or, or how will ours that work? It's a completely different location. We are going to be at the Cogman Center, which is located in Oshkosh. Okay, great. 25 East County Road Y. All right. Now be sure to uh, reemphasize that as we get closer to that December 5th date. So the first one here will be this Monday coming up here. So if you are interested in learning more about this, that's coming up. That's right on the other side of this weekend. And then they will have the uh, finance, everything Sue just mentioned there coming up December 5th. So two very important things to talk about there. And all this information is available on the League of Women Voters uh, website. Um if you got anyone listening it wants more information than what we provided here today. Uh, I've been talking with Sue Ponick, the with the uh, secretary of the board with the Winnebago Division of the League of Women Voters, and Linda Biella, the co-president of the Appleton and Fox Cities branch of the League of Women Voters. Thank you so much for joining me, both of you. This was an awesome introduction to meeting both of you, and it seems like you're giving out some fantastic information that's going to help inform a ton of voters um, as to what type of decisions they're going to be making in April. So thank you for coming on, and I look forward to speaking to you two again uh, in the future. Thank you so much, Linda. I couldn't do it without you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that very much. Um, Do me a favor. Stay on the line just for a minute after I throw the break here. I want to talk to you both off the air really quickly, um, if you don't mind. I know, know, Sue, you have to get rolling. Just give me one minute here. Uh, We're going to break down everything they were talking about here on the other side of the break, and I'll throw my two cents in as well. Uh, Just stay tuned for that. You're listening to Outside the Box with Ben Commodos here on WHBY. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.